The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. What's up, PTB Nation? Welcome back for another episode of the PTB Europa League Review. We are at the quarterfinal stage of the 2020 Europa League, or I should say the 2019-2020 Europa League. We are in what us Americans call the Elite Eight, because this is an Elite Eight format. Single elimination, all in the same country. It's being played as a neutral site tournament this year, obviously due to the restrictions placed by the stoppage of football there for three months during the COVID-19 outbreak. And we have four matches to talk about here, the four quarterfinals as we get ready for the semifinals, which will kick off this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday, August the 16th, will be the first semi-final match in this competition i'm sure you hear that music by now that is like i always say my favorite competition anthem that is the europa league anthem and we have some exciting matches to talk about we have some matches that surprised we have some that didn't we got there's four in total and we we saw extra time in one we saw late winner in another We saw one that went very, very well for one team and not so much for their opponent. That's right. We're going to be talking about Inter versus Leverkusen tonight. Man United versus Copenhagen. Shakhtar Donetsk versus Basel. And Wolverhampton Wanderers versus the team of the Europa League, if you will. In the history of the Europa League, the most dominant club, especially since the competition was named the Europa League. That's right, it is Spanish side, Sevilla. So, stay right where you are, alright? Don't move a muscle. We're going to take a real, real quick break. And then on the other side, we're going to get right into our first quarterfinal here on the PTB Podcast Network, part of PTB Media. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinio, and you can follow... PTB now on Twitter at a new Twitter handle that's at PTB underscore media and on Instagram at the same PTB underscore media that's right PTB media now we're calling it the PTB media network and there will be more news regarding that in the coming days um, there'll be an official announcement by myself and another podcaster that we've decided to join forces and uh, 
join resources as well so that we can bring you better content going forward here on the PTB Media Network, your home for podcasts, to football especially, but also to other sports. And you'll hear all about that in the coming days as we have an announcement planned very soon. So stay tuned to those social media sites, all right? Stay tuned to our Twitter and our Instagram, and we will have more information very, very soon. And welcome back to the PTB Europa League review show. It is the quarterfinals here in the 2020 edition of the competition, of course. And we start off, well, we're going to be in Germany for the entire episode. But we will start off at the Merker Spiel Arena in Dusseldorf. It is Inter Milan taking on Bayer Leverkusen. So a German side playing in Germany. Despite not being in their home stadium, if you will, they are in their home country. And we have two of the heavy hitters, two of the favorites in this competition. No doubt about it. Let's go to the lineups. And we will start with Bayer Leverkusen. Lucas Radeke is the goalkeeper. Lars Bender, Jonathan Ta, Edmund Tapsoba, and Daly Sinkraven are the four in the back. There's a double pivot in midfield with Julian Baugartlinger. Um, combining with Ezekiel Palacios, three attacking midfielders in front of them, Kai Havertz, Kareem Demribe, and Moussa Diaby with Kevin Voland, the striker. The Serie A side coached by Antonio Conte line up with Samir Handanovic in goal. He's also wearing the captain's armband in this one, a three-man back line for Internazionale, Diego Godin, Stefan de Vril, and Alessandro Bastoni are the three in the back. Five across the midfield, Danilo D'Ambrosio, Nicolo Barella, Marcelo Brozovic, Roberto Galinin, Ro- sorry, Roberto Galini, Galinardini, excuse me, and Ashley Young are the five across the midfield with Romelu Lukaku teaming up with Latoro Martinez up front. And we look at the ticker, and everything in this match went down very, very early in the match as we are in the first half, and quickly we see a goal in the 15th minute. It is for Inter, and it is Nicolo Barella scoring. Barella gets the opening goal for Internazionale. Leverkusen get themselves into a mess at the back, and the young... And Young, sorry, Young pings the ball straight to Lukaku. Lukaku's swivel shot is blocked, but Barella calmly side foots it into the net from outside the box. And it is 1-0 to Inter. Inter not letting up. It's only four minutes later, and they double their lead thanks to the Belgian international Romelu Lukaku, who can't stop scoring in this competition. And in the 21st minute, Leverkusen in hot water already. Ashley Young again rolling a low pass to Lukaku. This time he holds off Tapsoba. Tapsoba hauls the Belgian down as Radeke comes out. But Lukaku cleverly prods home with his left foot as he falls. And he is simply a master finisher. Inter take a 2-0 lead in the 21st minute, and it is another assist for Ashley Young. 
But Leverkusen come fighting back three minutes later, 24th minute. We get a game on our hands, and it is Kai Havertz scoring for the German side. He receives, sorry, Diaby and Bender have shots blocked from outside the box, but then Voland intelligently finds Havertz. Havertz fires straight at Handanovic. And it goes under the keeper's legs and into the roof of the net. That's right. He hammers it through the legs and then it bounces up and into the roof of the net. It is two to one to enter. A nice assist from Kevin Volland. And two minutes later, we get a penalty for enter. D'Ambrosio dances into the box from the right and his cross hits. Sinkgraven's shoulder. D'Ambrosio appeals. The referee points immediately to the spot. It looks extraordinary harsh as Sinkgraven could do little more to avoid it. VAR takes a look while Lukaku waits to take the penalty. However, after a minute or two of talk, the referee goes over to watch the incident for himself on the monitor. He's left in no doubt. He does the Lavar signal with his fingers, making the box, and then waves off the penalty. And it stays 2-1. to one. And a few minutes later, D'Ambrosio is booked for a hard challenge. The two sides exchange possession. In the 43rd minute, it's Sinkraven going into the referee's book for a deserved yellow card on a tackle that looked worse on second viewing. The referee goes across to chastise the manager who voices his opinion a little bit too much for the referee's liking. Loud protests coming from the Leverkusen bench, but that takes it to halftime, 2-1 to one in favor of Inter. In the second half, both teams come out. Another yellow card. This one goes to Lars Bender of Bayer Leverkusen. As the game can get a little bit chippy. Substitution in the 59th for Leverkusen. Leon Bailey on Ezekiel Palacios is off. In the same stoppage, Inter make their own, make a make a switch of their own, or they make two of their own, I should say, as Victor Moses, the former Chelsea and Liverpool man, comes on replacing Danilo D'Ambrosio, while the former Tottenham star Christian Eriksen replaces Roberto Gallianardini. And the match resumes in the 61st minute after a slew of substitutions. But in the 64th, just three minutes later, it is Conte going to his bench again. The new permanent signing, that's right, Alexis Sanchez is on. Lautaro Martinez is off. And it feels more at this point like Inter will go ahead and and add to the lead more so than it feels like Leverkusen are about to get an equalizer and uh, Inter continue to pin the Germans back in their own end. So they go to the bench one more time. It's a substitution, double substitution for Bayer Leverkusen. Wendell comes on, replaces Daly Sinkreven and Nadem uh, Amiri replaces Julian Baumgartlinger. We're in the 74th minute and Bender leaves the pitch temporarily. Eriksson hangs across high into the box and Ta heads it away. Brozovic fires towards goal twice in quick succession only to find himself blocked each time. 84th minute, we get another substitution from Inter. It is Milan Skriniar coming on for Alessandro Bastoni. And 
a minute later, it is Bayer Leverkusen, Karim Belarabi coming on for Lars Bender. Yellow card in the 85th for Christian Eriksen for tripping Havertz. Uh, Eriksen given Inter an added threat with his inci- with his inclusive passing um, since he came onto the pitch as it forces Leverkusen to go to the bench one more time. They will bring on Lucas Aladio in place of Kevin Volland. 87th minute, Tapsoba goes in the in the referee's book for a yellow card for two fouls on Lukaku in quick succession. Leverkusen have really struggled in this match to deal with the strength of the big Belgian up front. And another penalty called for Inter in the 90th minute. This time it's Eriksen bundled over by Belarabi as he skips into the box. Inter have the chance to seal their passage to the semifinals. As six minutes of stoppage time is signaled by the fourth official on the placard. However, after a VAR review two minutes later, the referee again waves off the penalty. And Lukaku must have been wondering whether he'll ever get the kick from 12 yards out at this rate. That's two penalties for Inter overturned now. Eriksen is judged to have handled the ball in the run-up. Interesting sequence of events. As Leverkusen start throwing players forward, Nico Barella booked in the 80s, in the 90th plus seven, but in the 90th plus eight, the whistle blows three times for full-time Internazionale of Milan on to the semifinals. Bayer Leverkusen exit the competition here, and let's quickly, quickly go through some stats here. Um, we've got possession. Very much in favor of Bayer Leverkusen. I'm not going to say again what my views on possession is, as it it is proven correct a lot of times. Of course, when you have the lead for over eighty for over sixty minutes, the way Inter did, the other team is going to get the share of the possession. But Inter with eighteen total shots, despite only possessing thirty six percent of the time, twelve chances created for Inter, seven for Leverkusen. Inter with 267 accurate passes and an 82% success rate, while the Germans added 486 completed passes for an 88% accuracy rate. Each team had, it was 17 fouls to 16. Inter with one more. Bayer Leverkusen had six corners to Inter's three. And that is basically the stat line. Lukaku with the goal. Um... Off six shots, he was the man of the match with a 7.9 rating on FOTMOB. And Inter are in to the semifinals. All right. And then the other match of the day going on simultaneously. We move now across Germany. We move to Cologne to the Rhein Energy Stadion for Manchester United versus FC Copenhagen. Let's go right into the lineups for this, starting with the Danish side. In goal, Carl Johan Johnson, four across the back in a 4-2-3-1. Guillermo Varela, Victor Nelson, Andreas Belliand, and Nikolai Bolison are the four in the back with uh, Jan Stage and Zeka as the double pivot. Pep Biel, Jonas Vind, and Rasmus Falk are the three attacking midfielders playing in behind Mohamed Darami. The starting lineup for Ole uh, Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United also 
4-2-3-1, excuse me. Um, Sergio Romero, the Argentinian, is in goal. Aaron Juan Bisaka, Eric Bailey, Harry Maguire, and Brandon Williams are the four in the back, while Fred and Paul Pogba split the midfield duties in the double pivot. In front of them, three attacking midfielders. It's Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, and Mason Greenwood with Anthony Martial starting as the striker. Let's go into it. And it was a match that Copenhagen did themselves proud in. They would hold firm and they would uh, be very tough to break down. And it would take until extra time. This is the one match that would go to extra time. But <laughs> it's it's... In the 94th minute, Martial driving into the middle of the box. Johansson denies him with a massive save. The ball comes back to the striker. However, Belland hauls him down. The referee does not hesitate, pointing to the spot. Up steps the Portugal international, Bruno Fernandes. He, he stutters in his run-up, but doesn't execute his trademark skip and smashes the ball in despite Johansson diving the correct way. To his right, one nothing United. United see out the result. Let's look at the player uh, ratings in this match. Janssen uh, uh, in goal for Copenhagen at 8.3. He was one of the standouts of the match. Varela, the right back, 6.8. Victor Nelson, 7.5. Andreas Bellin, 6.1. These ratings, of course, are courtesy of FOPMOB. Nikolai Boylson is a 6.1. The the double pivot in midfield, Zeka and Stage are 6.9 and 6.3, respectively. Pep Beal is a 5.2 with Jonas Vind, a 5.7, and Rasmus Falk, 7.8. Mohamed Darami is a 5.7. Sergio Romero in goal is a 6.8. Aaron Von Bisaka, 7.7. Eric Bailey is a 6.6. Harry Maguire, the captain, a 7.5. Well, Brandon Williams earns an 8.1 as the left back. Pogba's an 8.0. Fred, 7.6. Mason Greenwood, 6.8. Man of the match performance once again for Bruno Fernandes, 8.8 rating. And Marcus Rashford gets 7.6. Anthony Martial, 8.3. A little bit of the stats here. Uh, possession in this match went the way of the victor as Man United had 55% possession, 244. United with 26 total shots, 18 chances created, 630 completed passes by Manchester United in this one, an 85% efficiency rate. Um, Not-too-shabby, not 479 passes completed by Copenhagen. They hung in there with the big guys. It's just United were dominant in terms of shots. They created more chances, and eventually they broke through an extra time, but it took the 30 extra minutes before the side from Old Trafford were able to book their spot in the semifinal. This is a competition that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has said he wants to win badly. They're one win away from the final now, and we will take a break here on the PTV Europa League review. On the other side of this break, we'll break down Tuesday's matches from the Europa League this is the PTB Review Show, reviewing the Europa League, and I am the Mr. Mike Agostino, and you can follow us again on Twitter at PTB underscore media and on Instagram at PTB underscore media. We'll be right back with the other two matches.
Welcome back to the Park in the Bus channel here, part of the new PTB media network. And remember, still the same policy. All podcasts here on this feed, on the Park in the Bus feed, are ad-free for the first 30 days. That's right, 30 days ad-free. So check it out here. We move now to the second day of quarterfinals. We move to Tuesday, August the 11th. And I mentioned, I didn't mention, I failed to mention, I should say, in the previous segment that, interestingly enough, UEFA decided to play the two matches simultaneously on these two days. And I don't really understand why, because the... The two teams are not even matched. The two, I should say, the two quarterfinals are not matched up against each other in the semifinals. So you now have Man United and Inter who know they are going to play the winners of the matches in day two, allowing them to scout. So playing them both at the same time makes very little difference to me. You're taking a television audience and splitting it in half rather than playing one game and then the other which I thought was what they were going to do. They decided not to do that in this in this round. Um so we'll start off our Tuesday slate in sorry in Gelsenkirchen. So we're at another arena. Okay, we're at the Veltins Arena in Gelsenkirchen, home of none other than than Schalke 04. And Michael Oliver, the British referee, is in the middle. It is Shakhtar Donetsk, the champions of the Ukraine, taking on FC Basel, the I believe the runners-up this season. No, sorry, third-place finishers this season in the Swiss Super League. Normally, they are the they are like the undisputed champion this year, finishing third. And finishing a large gap of 14 points behind the champion. Young boys, let's go to the lineups starting with the, the Swiss side. FC Basel, coached by Marcel Kohler. And you have Jordi Nikolic in goal. 4-3-3 is their preferred formation with Silvan Widmer, Omar Alderete, Jasper Van de Werf, and Raul Petretta across the back. Tolant Shaka, Samuel Campo, and Fabian Fry are the three in midfield, with Valentin Stoker wearing the captain's armband um, as the right forward, Arthur Cabral in its center forward, and the left sided attacker is Afimiko Pululu. The starting 11 for the Ukrainian side, managed by a Portuguese manager, Luis Castro, in goal, Andrei Payatov. Four across the back, and they're 4 2 3 1. A very popular formation in this competition is this 4 2 3 1 with the double pivot. The right back is Dodo. The center back pairing is Sergei Krivstov and Valery Bondar. And Mikola Matyavenko is the left sided. Defender Marcos Bahia and Taras Stepanenko are the d- the two midfielders in the double pivot. And then the very, very formidable attack that I touted in the last episode and I continue to think very highly of. Three attacking midfielders, Marlos, Alan Patrick, and Tyson with Junior Moraes as the striker. And it just... Shakhtar does not lose... Uh, a beat at all as we move into the match and we go down the happenings in this match 
and it starts right in the second minute. That's right, right in the second minute. The Ukrainian champions, Shakhtar, get off to a fantastic start. Nikolic misjudges the flight of Marlos's ball and ends up stranded. Moraj rushes to the center of the box and powers his header past Basel's defenders on the line. Junior Moraj opens the scoreline in the second minute on an assist from Marlos. We move forward and we come to the 22nd minute. And again, Shakhtar, this time doubling their lead off of the Brazilian Tyson. Tyson scores for Shakhtar. They are running Basel ragged at this point. Van de Verf misjudges a header. Basel find themselves in trouble at the back. Marlos could shoot himself, but instead passes to Tyson, who shot to flex past Nikolic and in. And it's two assists, two assists, excuse me, for Marlos in the first 22 minutes. Phrase the unlucky player that Tyson's shot hit, and Basel are in different, are in serious difficulty already. Fabian Fry is booked in the 26th minute for a cynical foul from behind on Tyson. And we move through the rest of the first half. Not much else to talk about. It is all Shakhtar Donetsk, and. Shakhtar Donetsk go into the halftime team talk with a 2-0 result. They come out, and in the 52nd minute, it's a Shakhtar player going into the book. It's Alan Patrick. The Brazilian is booked for a bad foul on Palulu. The first substitution of the match comes in the 60th minute. It is FC Basel. Yannick Marchand comes on. Tulant Shaka comes off. And in the 62nd minute, we have a penalty for Basel. The Swiss side appeal as Palulu bursts into the area on the end of a 1-2 with Stalker and is knocked over by Dodo. The officials take a look, but after review, the VAR invalidates the penalty. It is no penalty for Basel. The referee sticks with his initial decision, actually. He'd initially decided no penalty, but it did have a look at it. Sticks with it, and he gives Basel a corner, which they do not achieve much with. Arthur Cabral goes into the book in the 64th minute, uh, perhaps in revenge as he trips Dodo straight after the corner and gets booked. Basel have improved in the second half, but still don't look likely to get to get on the score sheet and we move forward a little further to the 72nd minute substitution again this time it is it is Shakhtar it's Manor Solomon coming on Marlos the man with two assists is off one minute later it is Basel using their substitutions Kemal Ademi comes on for Arthur Cabral and Ricky Van Wolfswinkel remember that name uh, fans of Portuguese football will remember that name. A former Sporting Lisbon striker who was sold to Norwich City some years ago. Now the, the Dutch forward is playing in the Swiss League for FC Basel. He comes off the bench, replaces Valentin Stalker. And also another another substitution for Basel as the defender De Verf is off. And Brazilian midfielder Eric Hamidish enters the fray. Shakhtar call for a penalty, and no sooner as Basel made those changes that the game may slip away from them as Marchand clumsily uh, trips Tyson in the penalty area. It's an obvious penalty, 
and Alan Patrick steps up and buries it. It's 3-0 to Shakhtar as they look to have secured their passage to the Europa League semifinals. Alan Patrick stepping up confidently and dispatching the penalty with his right foot past Nikolic. More substitution in the 78th, and it is Shakhtar again, and it is now the goal scorer, the recent goal scorer, Alan Patrick, the penalty taker, comes off. Victor Kovalenko is on in his place. And then Shakhtar make another raft of substitutions, three of them at once, as it is Marcos Antonio coming off. Maikon is on. Fernando is on. Junior Moraes is off. And lastly, it is Tyson coming off. The Brazilian midfielder Teat will replace him and take his place in midfield. A yellow card to Ricky von Wolfswinkel in the 87th minute as he's booked for a crude challenge on. Sorry. Bondar. Valerie Bondar of Shakhtar is booked. I apologize for a foul on Ricky Van Wolfswinkel just outside Shakhtar's box, and he won't mind one bit. It's been a decent European debut for the young defender. The free kick goes well over the bo- over the bar. 88th minute, and it is Shakhtar once again. This time it is Dodo. As he has seen out this game perfectly, Teat slides in Dodo, who beats the offside trap and rolls a short pa- shot past Nikolic in the bottom left corner. Officials check the VAR for offside. Goal will stand. And in the 90th plus two, Basel will get a consolation prize as Ricky Van Volswinkel, the substitution, gets a goal. Um, and it's a goal that... They scarcely deserve the Dutch striker poaches it as Ademi's shot from close range is heading wide from Campos's pass. Vance Volkswinkel there to put it away. And in the 90th plus 5, we get the whistle for full-time. Shakhtar Donetsk advance. Shakhtar Donetsk on to face Inter Milan in a mouthwatering semifinal. Two of the teams in best form in this competition will meet in one of the semifinals. The other quarterfinal on the day also going on simultaneously. And it is Premier League side Wolverhampton Wanderers managed by Nuno Espiritu Santo versus La Liga side Sevilla managed by Julian Lopategui. We are in Duisburg now at the Schausland Reisen Arena. Still in Germany, the referee is Daniele Orsato. The lineups for this match, starting with the English side with Wolves, in goal, Rui Patricio, three across the back in their 3-5-2. Willie Bowley, Connor Cody, and Romain Sice are the three in the back with Matt Dougherty, Leandro Donick, Ruben Neves, João Moutinho, and Ruben Vinagre. Starting in midfield, up top, it is the duo of Adama Traore and Raul Jimenez. Sevilla will start with Yasin Bono in goal. Jesus Navas is the captain in that right back. Jules Koundé is the center back, along with Diego Carlos. Down the left is Sergio Regullón. In midfield three, they are playing a 4-3-3 in this match. In the three in midfield, Eber Vanega 
is on the right. Yoan Jordan in the middle and Fernando on the left. Up front, Lucas Ocampos, Yusef El Nesri, and Suso starting for the side from Andalusia. As we said, managed by Ulian Leopategui. And this was a good match. This was a very competitive match. Both teams leaving it out there. Wolves noticeably more tired. It has been a very, very long season. This was day number 384 since they started their season way back in July of last year in the preliminary rounds of this competition. They've progressed all the way to the quarterfinals. Unfortunately for Wolves, it would not be their day. Um, we will see here early in the match. It is minute number 13 as Diego Carlos is shown a yellow card for a rash challenge in the box as he brings down Triore. And Raul Jimenez steps up. The Mexican up to this point perfect in his senior career in club football from the spot. But nobody's perfect, and Raul Jimenez has his penalty saved. It's a poor penalty. He stutters in his run-up, but doesn't get any power placement on his shot. It was a real waste for Wolves, who are fantastic at defending a lead. However, I did notice in the previous match against Olympiacos, his penalty I worried me. I know he had scored 18 consecutive for uh, top-flight first-team penalty kicks in his club career. However, he does the little stutter and the hop, and the goalkeeper here knew exactly what to do, and he saves it as um, Sevilla go right up the other end, and Suso stings the palms of Patricio, who has to dive low to his left to turn the winger's fierce shot away from distance. We move through the first half, and it's 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 a up-and-down battle, and we get to halftime drawn nil-nil. We move to the second half, and Wolves slowly and slowly start to retreat more and more. Their, their energy reserves are completely depleted as they are starting to look more and more tired. Sevilla, clearly the more, the fresher side, I should say. But just when it looked like we were headed to extra time after a number of substitutions, we move into stoppage time, and it is... Just before, sorry, it is just before stoppage time. We're in the 88th minute, and Lucas Ocampo gets Sevilla on the board with merely two minutes until the 90, and Sevilla take the lead. Suso takes a quick corner to Banega. Ever Banega, who waits patiently before curling the shot into the area, and he finds in the middle where Ocampos is located. Ocampos with the header as it glances perfectly downward across the goal line into the bottom left corner past a diving Rui Patricio. And it is 1-0 to Sevilla in the 88th minute. A lovely assist from Everbanega who curls in a perfectly timed cross. And it was perfectly weighted into the area for Ocampos to head it emphatically home. Lopetegui will go to the bench right after the goal as the influential Suso now comes off to be replaced by former Barcelona forward Munir El Hadidi. And El Hadidi enters the match here in the dying stages. A yellow card 
goes to Ruben Neves in the 90th plus one for a frustrated cynical foul. But in the 90th plus four, the Italian referee Orsato will we- will whistle for full time. Three whistles. And Wolves' dream of Champions League football is over. They exit the competition at the quarterfinal stage while perennial favorite Sevilla advance to the semifinals once again. Sevilla will play Manchester United in the semifinals. Wolves, remember, needed to win this competition in order to get European football next season. Unable to do it as they've given their all this season. Their supporters are very proud of their team. But it now makes next season an absolutely crucial one for Wolverhampton Wanderers because what happens in this upcoming season now will determine, in my opinion, whether Wolves inch closer to a to the top six and what I mean by that not necessarily in the table but in stature and in consistently consistency excuse me as they will be playing hard this season no European football to to overload their fixture list there'll be no fixture congestion in that sense and they have an advantage if you will over the others uh, chasing for for top six as they're going to try to repeat the two seasons they've had and maybe improve on it a little bit and, like I said, solidify themselves as a legitimate top six club and not just a flash in the pan. They can go one of two ways. They can go there or, or they can slowly but surely find themselves back back in the pack, back to a club that is happy to stave off relegation. There's been heavy investment in this club. Nuno Espirito Santo has been re-signed. After this match, he signed an extension. He's got five seasons on this new contract at Wolves. It's going to be a pivotal, pivotal year for Wolves in 2020-2021. After 384 days, their 2019-2020 season is over. Let's quickly look at the schedule or the the calendar now for the semifinals. Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time here in the United States, 9 p.m. in Germany. It will be the first semifinal between Sevilla and Manchester United. And right now, according to FOTMOB through to their app, out of 10,130 votes, 38% have selected Man United to win the match, while 29% select Sevilla to win the match. And the third option of extra time got 33%. So Sevilla are underdogs against United, at least according to the people who use this app. This match will be aired in the United States on CBS All Access and on to DNA in Spanish. This will come to you from the Rhine Energy Stadion. The other semifinal will be played on Monday. Same time, it will be from the Merkelspiel Arena. And it will be Inter taking on Shakhtar Donetsk. And out of 4,456 votes here on FOTMOB, Inter Overwhelming favorites, huge, huge favorites. You got to say that they're the favorites to win the competition now. 73% of the 
of people believe they are going to win. 15% believe the match is going to extra time. And only 12% believe Shakhtar can win this match. I think they're counting the Ukrainian side a little bit short. I think this match is going to be phenomenal to watch. Um, Shakhtar is as talented as anybody. They're not, they don't get the same exposure as the other three teams that are left in the competition. But I think they have the same quality. I can't wait for these semifinals. I love this competition. And this year it has not disappointed and you can even argue that there are bigger clubs or that overall the four clubs in the Europa League semifinals are going to be bigger clubs than those in the Champions League. Some can have that argument. And speaking of Champions League, okay, coming this w- coming your way very soon after these quarter after these quarterfinal matches conclude will be a Champions League review show reviewing just like I did today the four quarterfinal matches that are taking place in Lisbon Portugal as we speak two out of the four are complete there's a match tomorrow another Saturday so on Sunday you can expect um, another You can expect, excuse me, a a Champions League review show either on Sunday or on Monday morning, depending where you live. That's going to do it for this episode. That's going to do it for the quarterfinal stage of the Europa League. We'll see you next time. And don't forget, this and every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, wherever you get your podcasts, it's the Parking the Bus podcast with the Mr. Mike Agustinu. This has been a production of the PTB Media Network. For more information on the PTB Media Network, check out the Twitter at PTB underscore media and on Instagram at PTB underscore media. And I will see you next time here on the PTB Media Network.